2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. If you have it, say amen. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Verse 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what, are, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let's pray. Father, one more time, remove me, place your Holy Spirit behind this pulpit. Let he that has an ear, let them hear, let them see, let them visualize. Let them know, Father, that everything they're doing makes a difference for your honor and for your glory. Nothing of us, nothing of our kingdom, but, Lord, your kingdom. Let it come. Lord, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. We all said amen. amen. Before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them it's time to activate. Then you may be seated. This morning, not going to be very long. Actually, I want to get right to the point. Many times I get, and I'll bring different points to set up, but here, I want to get right to the point. been watching the news lately, and every time I watch it, they're always bringing somebody on that's called a political commentator. And when they bring on a political commentator, in other words, they're not a politician, but they just give comments on what they see politically. And the reason why they bring them on is because they are not the one making the laws, but they are the ones that are commentating on the laws that they see and what they feel. And they're being very active in the community on whatever social issue that is happening. So those are called political activists, the ones that you see that they're out there and they're protesting, the ones that are out there and they want to make a difference in the community uh, through their political, uh, you know, feel and the climate that they see. They're being very active. Somebody say active. I believe that you and I are called to be spiritual activists. Now, this is very important because if not, if you're, if you don't understand the spiritual climate, you will get caught up in the political climate very easy to do. So you and I are called to be spiritual activists. Tell your neighbor one more time, it's time to activate. Now to kind of help a little bit, there was a story that I read I want to share with you. This man by the name of Mark Chernoff, he wrote a story on a change of perspective and it went a little something like this. He wrote, every Sunday morning I take a light jog around a park near my home. There's a link located in one corner of the park. Each time I jog by this lake, I see the same elderly woman sitting at the water's edge with a small metal cage sitting right beside her. This past Sunday, my curiosity got the best of me. So I stopped jogging and I walked over to her. As I got closer, I realized that the metal cage was in fact a small trap. There were three turtles unharmed slowly walking around in the base of the trap. She had a fourth turtle in her lap that she was carefully scrubbing with a spongy brush. Hello, I said. I see you here every Sunday morning. If you don't mind my nosiness, I'd love to know what you're doing with these turtles. She smiled and said, I'm cleaning off their shells, she replied. 
Anything on the turtle shell like algae or scum reduces the turtle's ability to absorb heat and impedes its ability to swim. I can also corrode and it can, excuse me, it can also corrode and weaken the shell over time. Wow, that's really nice of you, I exclaimed. She went on, I, I spent a couple of hours each Sunday morning relaxing by this lake and helping these little guys get out. It's my own strange way of making a difference. But don't miss most freshwater turtles live, in, live their whole lives with algae and scum hanging from their shells, I asked. Yep, sadly, they do, she replied. I scratched my head. Well, then, don't you think your time could be better spent? I mean, I think your efforts are kind and all, but there are freshwater turtles living in lakes all over the world. And 99% of these turtles don't have kind people like you to help them clean off their shells. So, no offense, but... How exactly are your localized efforts here truly making a difference? The woman kind of giggled aloud. She then looked down at the turtle in her lap, scrubbed the last piece of algae from its shell, and said, Sweetie, if this little guy could talk, he'd tell you, I just made all the difference in the world. What am I saying? I'm saying this, is that you and I have been called to change the world. But change the world one person at a time. See, when you look at the news and say, what good efforts can Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay do? We're, we can't go over there and help the people in Puerto Rico and Mexico and China and all these great different things. My friend, what we can do is one by one take every little turtle and clean it off as best as we can. We may, may not make the difference over there on that side of the world, but we can make a difference for somebody right here in the heart of the bay. One turtle, one person, one soul at a time. So you and I have been called to make a difference in our community. One soul at a time. It may not look like much, but to that one person, it means the world. To that one person you see on the side of the road that is looking for help, that is looking to be cleaned, all you got to do, my friend, is go over and say, how can I help change and make a difference in your world? See, far too often we look at the greatness and the troubles of this world and we say, man, that's just too great of a trouble. That's just too great of these efforts that need to happen. I'm just going to continue on my day. But my friend, I want you to know, each and every day within your life, you can make a difference in somebody's world. You can change somebody's world. See, my friend, my prayer here is that we do not sit on the proverbial front porch of life and just watch people go by and say, man, somebody should do something about it. But we should get up off of our chair, get up off of the porch and say, man, God, I want to make a difference in somebody's life today. And if, God, you give me the opportunity, then I'm going to sit by the water's edge and clean somebody's life. That's all it takes is one by one by one. See, sometimes when we look at the troubles of this world, it makes us mad, or it even makes us very sad. And even, quite frankly, it makes us even wonder, how can I really make a difference? Can I make any positive change in this world? Well, I'm here to tell you with a resounding yes, you can make a difference in this world. See, it's God's desire for us to be an army of encouraging change agents that are transforming the community around us. Now, really quickly, I told you this ain't going to be a very long message, but what I want to do is I want to get right to the point because when we're coming for this New Year's and we're going to be doing this drama, it is our job, it is our responsibility. Listen to me, this is very, very important. 
I've said this before, I'm gonna, but I'm going to say it one more time. It's kind of the meat of the message. Because far too often, we look at the police, we look at the politicians, and we, leave, we look at them and say, man, they should be making the difference. No, we should be making the difference. Us as the church. It's not their job. It's our job. Listen to me, this is very important. Because if not, we look at the news and we watch it and we go, man, somebody should do something about it. That's us. We're the ones that should be spiritually active, spiritually moving, not spiritually sitting on the porch. So what are some of the things that we can do as spiritual activists? Number one, you know what you can do? Get smart. Tell your neighbor, get smart. Now, I'm not talking about the TV show, but you got to get smart. Get with it. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, if you're wondering, you say, well, get smart. What are you talking about, Pastor? First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32 says, From Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. See, in other words, when these men came together and when David was doing, David was gathering men together to, uh, to win the battle that they were fighting. But what did he do? From Issachar, he got these men that understood the times. He wasn't going to go into battle ignorant. He wasn't going to go into a battle not knowing the strategies of today's times. Now, this was very important that as I began to read this scripture because David, he got these men that understood the times, but they also knew the solution. You ever talk with people that they just know it all, but they do nothing? Right? Well, I don't know if you've ever ran into them, but I've ran into a few. I ran into one this morning. I looked at it in the mirror, all right? It was that guy. I said, this guy, man, you better change. Or I'm going to shave off that whole beard if you don't change. People that know it all, but they just don't do anything. See, what I love about this is that David grabbed the men that understood the times. They understood the relevancy and not just looking at it, but the strategy of how they can change it. See, if you and I are going to make change, if we're going to change this community, we can't just look at the community and say, oh, yeah, no, I understand it. Oh, I get it. Okay, I know you understand it, but do you understand what it is to change that? Or are you just looking at it through your past experience eyes? You have to see it through futuristic eyes, through futuristic vision. See, my friend, you cannot change your world unless you, under, unless you know your world. See, now this is very important because changing and improving and actually improving are two quite different things. Changing and improving. I could turn all the lights off in here and I'll change the atmosphere. But will it improve the atmosphere? See, you can do things that change, but are you doing something to improve? See, now I say this because this is very important. Many of us, this is an older church. And when I mean older church, in other words, we've been around for a little bit longer than 10 years. Usually around 10 years, you kind of establish yourself in the community. We have been here now for 36 years in this community. 36 years. What does that mean? That means for us, we can really easily go, oh, yeah, we've been around, been there, done that. But the thing is, that is true. We have been there and we have done that. But that is the past. If we're not careful, we can miss this and we can miss that that is coming. Because, oh, no, I already know. I, I get it. I had a, uh, the other day I got uh, our, our pastors together and we watched a, uh, a video and I was sharing with them. When I say the other day, it was actually like a year ago. 
They were even looking at me right now. The other day, the other day, a year and a half ago, I, I got our ministers together, and I wanted to share something with them. Now, the thing about it, if you know anything about Victory Outreach and our ministers, all our Victory Outreach ministers, except for the senior pastor, has been involved in drugs, has been involved in alcohol, has been involved in things that are just kind of, you know, what the world would say, man, you should be in jail for life. And that is true because they did things that are horrible. However, I had to bring all these men together, and I brought them together. I said, hey, we're going to watch this. And as we began to watch it, it talked about how the drug addiction wasn't illegal that was winning the war. It was the legal drugs that were winning the war, the legal ones and the pills. And as we were watching it, it was giving statistics, and it was kind of blowing me away. I was like, man, this is pretty crazy right here. And I think even all our pastors, as we were watching, I go, man, like, I knew that, but I didn't know that. Why? Because they've all been involved with drugs, but drugs change. Cultures change. And if we don't understand what we're involved with, we're going to miss it because, well, that's not how I did it. I know that's not how you did it. It changed. You've been saved for a little too long now. And if you don't understand the times, you're going to miss the opportune time for you to change your community. See, some of us, you have been saved now for a while. Now, speaking to those of you that you have been saved for a while now, I've been there, done that. You can really easily do that. And if you don't understand the times or surround yourself with people that understand the times, you're going to miss it. You're going to think, well, I'm changing the community by coming to church. No, this isn't changing the community. This is changing your world so that you can change others' worlds. See, that's how it works. You and I must get smart. Tell you never get smart. Now, there's a few ways to, to understand this and get smart. Number one is you got to pray. Somebody say pray. See, ask God to give you insight into, into your community and show you where the needs are. Listen, I have lived in Hayward practically all my life. But you know why I've learned is that Hayward is changing. Hayward is changing. Just when I think I got it down, oh, yeah, that community. Oh, yeah, that's where they do all that stuff over there. I come there a month later, man, what the heck happened to this community? Whoa, I didn't, I didn't see this construction that was happening before. Where did this family go? That family moved out. This people left. Oh, my, things are changing. So what do I need to do? If I'm going to affect my community, I don't want to see with my natural eyes. I need to see with my spiritual eyes. And in order to do that, i got to pray. Look, if you want to make a difference in this community, and if you're sick and tired of watching the news as always being bad news and you want to change it to good news, then you need to get on your good knees. You need to get on your knees and say, God, show me what I need to see. Show me what I got to see. Now, this is also very important because many of you, you're not necessarily from Hayward. So really, you can easily go, well, that's not how I did it when I was growing up. Exactly, because that's how it was for you growing up. But if you're going to grow in the things of God, you need to pray. You need to pray. Even when, you know, Pastor Toby and Beverly, Pastor Toby grew up in Newark, right? That's where he grew up. So he can easily go, well, you know, when I was in Newark, this is how I did it. But if you're going to change Hayward, you're going to change this community, you cannot bring the old tactics of what ever happened over there over here. If you're going to change it, you've got to pray. Tell your neighbor, pray. The second thing that you could do is read. Somebody say read. You know what you've got to do? You've got to read the news. What is going on in the news? Now, some of you say, well, it's bad news. It is true. But you've got to absorb it and see it and see that they're wandering around like sheep without a shepherd. 
See, there wasn't the times back then where the written word. So for Jesus in his time, he had to watch and observe everything. He had to read people. He had to read what was going on. See, you have to be able to read and see something that's going to give you insight into your modern culture. Last night, I was reading the news. Now, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a woman that died at the uh, uh, Bay Bridge Toll Plaza. Did you guys hear about that? That's heavy. I said, man, that's crazy. This woman, she lives in the East Bay. She died. What happened was there was a truck uh, driving. You guys all drive the tolls. And so sometimes some people just, they're like, you know, it, it says slow down, but they don't slow down. So this guy came in. He lived in, actually, he lived in, in that part of the, of the Bay of the Peninsula. And he was driving his truck. It was a box truck. And he went in and he rammed in and dis, just totally disintegrated box uh, toll plaza 14. She died. Injured those that were in box in the toll plaza 13 and 15. Totally messed it up. Now, if you were driving to San Francisco yesterday, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody was delayed for hours. I'm talking hours. Matter of fact, the cleanup is still not going to happen. All done and all put up till maybe tomorrow night. So if you're driving that part of the Bay Area, you should look out for that. See, after this, those of you that drive to San Francisco, you're Googling right now like, oh, my gosh, wait a second. Wait. But see, we're, I'm keeping you up with the times, knowing what's going on. Now, this is, this is horrible news, is it not? Horrible news. You know what my prayer is? Is that somebody was able to talk to that woman. That's my prayer. I don't know. I have no idea. See, I absorb the news so that I can give the good news. I don't take in the news and so I can say, man, this is just horrible, everything that's happening. No, how can I change it? What can I do to make a change in somebody's life? Finding out the relevancy of today. This is very important. And after you pray, after you read, then talk to people. Talk to people. That's the third thing. Third thing, talk to people. Talk to people so that you can understand, okay, how do young people think? Those of you that were gang members way back in the days, believe me when I say the gangs are not the same of today. Totally, totally different. I still remember the first time uh, we, I was talking with one of the guys here, you know, been involved with gangs for some time, and he's seen a gang member of today with these skinny jeans. And right away you could see it in all. Oh, man, we would have never allowed something like that to happen when I was growing up. Right? Little skinny jeans. And you go, that's not a gang member. But actually, when you look around on the culture, that's actually some of them, that's what they wear. Not all of them, but that's what they wear. And when I mean skinny jeans, I mean <laughs> jeans. You know, they say, pull your pants up, right? They got their pants all the way down to here. And so you could really easily go, well, back in my day, oh, and that's true, that was your day. That's not today. And so if you're not recognizing the times, you'll miss it because you think everything is the way that you see it. See, those that lived in the olden days see the gold as yellow because that's how it always was. It was always like that. No, you're missing it. And you can miss the opportune time. And if you're not up with being active spiritually, it could just go right by you. See, that's why you got to get smart. Somebody say, get smart. Number two, you got to get out. Somebody say, get out. 
Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all the creation. While you're getting to, you know, get smart or you're in the, the know, you got to go. You got to go. Just don't sit around. You got to get out. Get out of your comfort zone. I like what John Wesley said. He said, give me a hundred preachers who, feel, who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and I care not a straw whether they be clergymen or laymen. Such alone will shake the gates of hell and set up kingdom of heaven right here on earth. Give me a hundred men, and I don't care if they're clergymen or laymen, but they just want to shake the gates of hell. Give me men that want to make a difference. Give me women that want to make a change. Give me men and women that want to flip Hayward upside down. How many here want to flip Hayward upside down? Come on, how many want to change Hayward and make, it a, di- make a difference right here and bring heaven to earth? See, if you're going to make a difference, you got to leave the place where you are and go to where the people are. you got to get out of your comfort zone. Listen, my friend, if you're going to minister the gospel, then your gospel must be able to touch people. Curry Blake said this. He said, if your gospel isn't touching others, then it hasn't touched you. If your gospel isn't touching others, then it hasn't touched you. Listen, this this message is more of a spiritual checkup, spiritual pride. Hey, we're victory outreach, not victory inreach. We're victory outreach, not victory inreach. There's a time to be an in and, you know, I-N-N. There's a time for that. But the majority of the time, hey, we're victory outreach. We cannot lose our anointing by trying to reach in all the time. Now, I say this because if you're not careful, we can get so caught up in, oh, but pastor, this ain't happening. But pastor, so-and-so didn't do this. Pastor, this and pastor. Okay, but what about you? Where are you active at? Where are you moving at? What are you going towards? Do you understand that God has called you to proclaim the gospel? See, far too often we think, man, I got to do this. And as long as I do this, listen, my friend, God hasn't called you just to do this. God hasn't called you to always be inside. God has called you to get out of the church walls, get out of these doors, and proclaim the gospel. You have to get out. You got to get out. You got to get out. I've been preaching these past couple weeks, even a couple weeks ago, I talked about get out, right? But I was talking about all the things inside. Okay, now that you got rid of all the things on the inside, now you get outside. You got to get out. Don't get mad when that coworker comes to you, oh, this man is getting on my nerves. You know why he's getting on your nerves? He's waiting for you to get out of yourself. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. See, this is, uh, this is very important to me because we're getting right now in a climate where political activism is winning, and I hate that. I don't want political activism winning. If we're not spiritually active, political activism is going to win. Oh, Pastor, what do you think about this, you know, this code? What do you think about this policy? Oh, what do you think about the tax plan? What do you th- Look, everything's been happening since the day of Jesus' time. It hasn't changed. Some of you may think, well, if Obama was it, well, if Bush was it, well, if if Trump didn't. Listen, you're tripping off the wrong thing. You're getting too caught up into something that's not going to change your world. It's not going to, listen, when Trump said what he he said about the whole Mexican thing, I'm Mexican. But I'll be honest with you, that day, it didn't change my day whatsoever. 
Now, some of you say, well, it changed a lot of people. Listen, if I can change their world, then that's what I want to do. I'm not a political activist. I'm a spiritual activist. If you want me to help you, then I'm going to interject the gospel, not you interject your policies into my gospel. There's a difference. See, if not, you're going to stand at the water cooler all day and just talk about Trump and how horrible he is, how messed up he is, how horrible Russia is. Look at Russia's been horrible for years. Trump has been horrible for years. Obama's been horrible for years. Bush has been horrible. Nothing has changed. Do you think a water cooler conversation is going to change that? No. The only thing that is going to change it is those that get this word inside of them and say, God, you are the greatest inside, and I'm going to change everything on the outside. Get this inside of you so that you can get it out to those who need it. The third thing and the last thing that you and I got to do, first with getting smart, then getting out, and now it's time to get busy. Get busy. Luke chapter 9 verse 1 says, When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Verse 6 of Luke chapter 9 says, So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. This is very important. We're going to have Pastor Tony Kemp. He's coming in February. Right? He's going to be here again. I'm so excited about that. But this is very important to me. I love having Pastor Tony Kemp here. The challenge with that is that when people hear about the healer, coming here, they only see healing here. Not realizing that God has called you and I to heal people there. Are you hearing me? This is very important. Because far too often we think, oh, you got to come, you got to come, you got to come, you got to come. Actually, Jesus said, no, 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 you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. You got to go. You got to get out there. You got you to get busy. You got to start proclaiming the gospel. You got to start proclaiming the kingdom of Jesus Christ. The, the kingdom of God is coming. It's right here. It's right here in the city of Hayward. It's right there at your job. It's right there in the restaurant. It's right there in your family. It's right there in the living room. That's where the kingdom of God is. It's not just here. It's out there. Taking this gospel to the prisons. Taking this gospel to the jailhouses. Taking this gospel to the tent cities. Taking this gospel to those that are out there lost and bound. Taking this gospel and getting busy. Tell your neighbor, you got to get busy. In Mark chapter 16, he talks about bringing healing and the laying on of hands and healing the sick people. Listen, my friend, what God has called you and I to do is to preach the gospel. See, far too often we try to make Jesus too relevant when Jesus is already relevant. Jesus is already relevant. All you got to do is just let people know, hey, Jesus can change your life. Jesus can make a difference in your life. See, my friend, our greatest capacity to change lives lies in the power of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection. I like what Elton Trueblood said. Now, this is a heavy statement. I hope you're ready for this. When I read it, it hit me like a ton of bricks because I felt like, man, is that me? Is this me? This is what he said. Elton Trueblood wrote, it used to be that Christianity was a revolutionary faith that turned the world upside down. 
But today, Christians sit in Sunday, church, Sunday morning church services looking at their watches, wondering what time dinner will be served, or thinking about the kickoff. And we hope that church won't interfere with the things we would really rather be doing. When I read that, I said, oh, Lord. If you're sitting here right now wondering what you would rather be doing, then I can tell, just like Curry Blake said, probably the gospel hasn't touched you yet. It hasn't touched you. A little bit more worried about, man, what are we going to eat tonight? See, this is why you hear the scriptures that are so harsh. Do not worry about what you're going to eat. Do not worry about what you're going to wear. Oh, that's a little, that's cold-blooded. You know what? You must leave your mother and father. Matter of fact, you've got to hate your mother and father. Oh, that's messed up. That's just cold. I don't know if I could. See, there's a reason why these scriptures are there. Because they're constantly there to check you and say, look, are you getting busy for the things of God? Or are you busy for the things of self? Listen, I believe God has blessed each and every one of you with the job that you have. If you don't have a job, we're going to pray for you that you get a job. Right? We want to make sure. We don't want, we don't want to have lazy hands. We want to make sure that, hey, we're working. We're moving. But listen, you got to understand that God has given you that job on purpose for a purpose. And if you're not careful, you can get busy doing your own agenda. Getting caught up with your own agenda. Not realizing that God gave you the agenda. God was the one that gave you the, God was the one that gave you the ability to speak, gave you the hands, gave you the feet to walk. God was the one that gave it to you. And if you and I aren't careful, we can get busy doing our own thing. That's why I believe it's up to you and I to make a difference in our community. John Maxwell said this, and with this I close. He said, the greatest separator in our world is action. There are those that do and those that don't. Simple as that. Is action. The greatest separator is the one who take action. Who are the ones that are going to do it? Look at people when they look at Victory Hours, they go, man, you guys are active. You guys are moving. You guys are this. Oh, man, great. You know what's funny is that we as Victory Hours shouldn't be the only ones doing that. We're not the only ones that are supposed to be doing that, reaching the community. And it kind of hurts me whenever I hear people say that. Oh, you guys are active. Well, we're all supposed to be. We're all supposed to be active, not just on a Sunday, but also on a Monday. Here's a revolutionary thought. Preach the gospel on a Tuesday. It's crazy. But look at Here's another one. You should try and let somebody know that Jesus loves them on a Wednesday. I know I'm going deep right now. I'll go really deep. But I'm telling you, Jesus can heal your boss on a Thursday. Oh, look at this is a heavy one. Your brother who hates church and hates Jesus can still get saved on a Friday. Oh, it's, he it's heavy. I'm telling see, are you guys catching it here this morning? See, the power of God is not limited to just one day to where the sun rises and the sun sets. God's power is all-powerful. God's knowing. He knows everything. He knows exactly what he wants to do with your life. Listen, my friend, you got to catch it here this morning. Do not limit God's power just to these four walls, but you got to get out there and let somebody know that, hey, God has a plan for your life.
If they don't know that, they're going to watch the news and go, well, I guess I'll just do whatever they're doing. I'll just be active with whatever that's happening. Man, I, you know what? I pray, I pray that we get those, those social, political activists, get those guys saved. Got to get them saved. You know, right? You know those ones? You know, Black Lives Matter, right? The brown pride, right? Even and this is a crazy thought. Even those Ku Klux Klan members. See, right? See, if you watch the news, some of you right now are like, white supremacists need to die. Says who? Who said that? Who's the one that said that? You know who told you that? The news? I don't see. When you have spiritual eyes, it changes your perspective. I, I mean, I see all that stuff, and I'm like, man, I don't look at them and go, man, they need to stop doing that. You know what I look at? I go, man, how can I get them saved? Because these guys are crazy. These guys are nuts. They're willing to go. They're willing to stay out till 1, 2 in the morning, just going down and breaking things, throwing fires, lighting fires. You see these people going face to face? I mean, I was watching a video the other day, and this girl was right up in this guy's face, like, go home, go home. And this guy was just standing there, go home. I was like, man, how can I get that girl saved? Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, how can I get her saved? As Victory Outreach, we should never look at them and go, oh, man, they need to be banished. Go to prison. If anybody should understand about prison, it's us. Somebody should arrest them. Take them to jail. No, 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 don't take them to jail. Take them to Victory Outreach. Bring them over here. I know they're getting drunk out there, but we'll take them inside of here. I know they're getting high out there, but we'll take them right here. I know they're out there shooting and doing all that stuff, but we'll take them right here. We want what everyone else doesn't want. We are spiritual activists for the Lord. For the Lord. The kingdom of God is here. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on, you got to stir it up with inside of you. Get a little spiritual activism this December. Hallelujah. 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 We're going to see, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, watch. We're going to get all these Black Lives Matter people saved. You know what? I can't wait. I can't wait to have a leader of the Black Lives Movement saved and a leader of the KKK saved. Right here on the stage. Whoa! And somebody from that, you know, the brown pride, the raza, right? What was that? Che, che Guevara, right? Ah, raza. Like, bro. Telling you right now, the rasa won't save you. It's not gonna save you. Black Lives Matter, I'm telling you, BLM is not gonna save you. It's not gonna save you. You really want salvation? Got a little something for you right here. Telling you right now. Telling you. Put down the gun and pick up the Bible. Put down the policies and pick up his power. Telling you. Make a difference in all the work. Just this little thing right here. Victory Outreach Heart. Listen, this is a simple message about we need to get out there. I know it's wintertime, and in wintertime, we tend to stay in. I think it's time for us as Victory Outreach Heart 
We need to go out. We need to go out there and invite them, bring them in. Well, I'm just cozy behind the fireplace. Listen, this fireplace is going to die out, but let me give you an eternal flame. An eternal flame that will never go out. Now, for those of you that are here, this is how I close. For those of you that are here, and you say, well, I'm not.